0: You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Eyes on the prize.com. Hello and welcome to of Minded. My name is Jared Book. Joining me today is Anton Rosgaard. Anton, how I'm doing great, as always. How are you doing, Jaron? I'm good. I'm okay. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's getting to be springtime, so yeah. weather's warming up a bit. At least this week. Uh, probably next week, it'll go down to being really cold again. But hey, you know, that's yeah, that's uh, living in the north, right?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I remember when I was exchange student in in Montreal, and um, my teacher uh, told me that it was such a special time during well during the beginning of April, because students started to loosen up on the many, many layers of clothing, and they started checking each other out again, it was just like, it was just a time of spring, right. So everyone just started to feel a little bit more alive after this, just the hellish winter that is uh well quebecois winter in general in montreal uh it was just i i couldn't take it so i went back to sweden already in december but yeah it was it was it was something else uh, i can tell you so yeah it's um we're beginning to get there i'm up in the north in sweden as well so i know all about uh, well cool air at the moment but uh it's wonderful weather and it's snowy and beautiful so i have no no complaints here
0: yeah and another thing that usually well, not usually I guess historically has happened in the spring is is Montreal Canadiens playoff hockey which um, well hasn't really happened in a while (laughs) the the last the last playoff hockey we had was in August so you know that's that's the world we're living in but there are there are signs of change uh, and and positive change uh, in many aspects of the Canadians but perhaps none more important than the change of carry price's play because let's face it look you know there were years when the team needed carry price to be out of this world just to have a chance that isn't the case now however when he's playing bad and when any goalie plays bad it's very hard to win you you could win you can you can win with average goaltending you can really win with good goaltending Great goaltending means you'll have to try hard to lose, but bad goaltending, very hard to win consistently. Yeah, and and that's, you know, Carey Price has had good, he has had average, he has had great, uh, but he's also had a lot of bad lately. But the last three games, uh, after the, you know, the coaching change and the goalie coaching change, even before that, because obviously, uh, Stefan Waite was was fired after one of the wins. Uh, yeah, during but, during one, week. <laughs> well, yeah, the decision was made before, but he was yeah. told about it during. Uh, you yeah. know, it's not like it's not like Carey Price allowed a goal and okay, that's it, Stefan's <laughs> fired. Uh, <Yeah. laughs> uh, but you know, at, at the same point, Carey Price has not been the problem, and, and if anything, he's he's deserved better than than he's had in the last uh, three starts. He probably deserves three wins. He definitely deserves mm-hmm. three wins. Uh, yeah. Allowing you know one goal it, a game, deserves and, it. yeah, uh, deserves a a nine nine sixty three. 963 save percentage in his last three games. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's what you want. <laughs> you know, that's better than what you want from Carey Price. Better than you can expect on a daily basis, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's, that's really the, the, the storyline. I think now, you know, you see improvements, you know, in five on five power play penalty kill, there, there are improvements, but, but Carey Price getting back to form is, is the, is the big one.
1: Definitely, and it's it's fun for a, on a personal note. After I wrote that opinionated <laughs> article about Carey Price being well being on a slippery slope and not being the elite goaltender he once was, he has played brilliantly, and I'm I'm very happy to eat my own words. If it continues like this, I have no problem with that. whatsoever. however, um, if that was a spark for him, if he by any chance read it, if you read it, Carey, and you're playing better because of it, I am thrilled. Um, <laughs> if it has something to do with the change of goalie coaches, I'm thrilled as well because then Mark and knows what he's doing at least. Um, it, it's just – it's it's reassuring to see Carey Price play at this level because it tells us that he it's not a permanent decline that we're seeing. Uh, he still has it in him uh, to play at, well, one of the highest levels that we, we can see in the National Hockey League on, um, on a regular basis. Um, and it's just – well, last night's game against Vancouver, it's just unfortunate the way that it ended because he deserved a shutout. He deserved it. He deserved it in the last game against the Jets as well. So it's just two late third-period goals that probably should have been shutouts for Carey Price and just, well, I mean, during the first game it didn't matter, but now it really mattered, unfortunately, and it ends up with no tie loss after that. Well,
0: shootout loss, but yeah, so. yeah. I, I mean, listen. I, I think we can establish at this point that Mark Bergerman reads Eyes on the Prize because you know the morning that Matt wrote an article calling that you know saying that Montreal should consider a, a coaching change is the the day that Claude Julien was was fired. And do you do you think
1: that Mark Bergerman wakes up, reads Eyes on the Prize, and then he's just like, oh, that's a great idea, I'll do that today?
0: <laughs> no, no, I in, in in truth, I absolutely don't think he does that. Um, but at, at, you know, it's it's funny because. It, it, it's It's perfect reverse psychology, you know and, and I'm, I'm picturing Carrie Price, you know the uh, the Michael Jordan meme if I took that personally. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I picture that with like your article next to him. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. And you know, it, it's all it's all for the greater good. Um, but <laughs> you know,
1: we all want the same thing, right? We we want the Habs to play well, and we want all the players to perform well, and we want the coaches to do well, and the GM to do well. So so we have the same. It's just we have no we have no other input than to write or to <laughs> podcast about it. So we just do whatever we can, and Thank and you. just hope that it can affect in any way possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're you know, some of, you know, when you're asking questions and and reporting and things like that, obviously you're you're not biased, but let's be honest, it's a lot more fun to do your job when the team is winning. <laughs> so it, it's not a it's not a bias in that, you know, we're always going to be on the side of of the Canadians. It's just it, it makes our jobs easier when the team is fun to watch, <laughs> and yeah. that's that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, I was actually going
1: to say that because I I was on recap duty for the seven one win against Winnipeg, and uh, as as I'm living in Sweden, it means being up from one a.m. to four thirty a.m. and writing the recaps, right? So I remember like the last few times, it's just been it's just been awful because it's been during a, a period of losing and just feel that coming into your article because you can't really you can't really detach yourself from the team performing. Um, I mean, you just take it personally and especially when you're up at that hour and just like, yeah, you you want to watch something great, right? And uh, when when the game turned out the way it did on, on Saturday night, it just felt so so great, so liberating to write. It's just like the words just kept flowing out because it's just like goal here, goal there, Carey Price is playing well. Everything is just, you see Ducharme's hockey coming into, you know, just what you want it to look like. And um, yeah, it's just it's just so much more fun, as you say, to, to do
0: your, your job when the team is performing it. At- at a higher level yeah i think uh our arpin basu of the athletic said uh in a tweet you know the the most the the worst things for a reporter is a team that wins all the time or a team that loses all the time because you you eventually run out of things to write about and you know we we we've seen we've kind of been in both sides of that right the beginning of the season it's like okay who, who else can we praise? Because we're praising everybody, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, you know during their their downside, it's like okay, what who else can, you know, can we? Yeah, who else, can fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, it, it's true that you know the inconsistency is, is easier to write about uh, because you have different things to that come up every game, and but yeah, go, going back going back to price, the, the one thing that strikes me when watching carry Price is that you can tell when he's good. When, mm-hmm. when he's on, you can see it. Like it's it's you don't have to be a, a goalie scout to see it. In, in the playoffs, right? He's engaged, he's attacking, he's the And the team the can see it as well.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but I'm just saying like I mean yeah. we can see it as spectators and the team obviously can see it. So right. they feel when yeah. Carey Price is on and then they play better as well because they know that. Yeah. They know that they can leave the go- the goaltending duty all to him basically.
0: Yeah, and, and the shooters on the other side see it too, right? Like yeah. you can tell when a goalie is is on his game, and, and that's yeah. you know it, it must be imposing as well. But yeah, I mean when when he's facing the shooter and not cheating and and in his game, you can tell you, you can yeah. tell all of that, and and that's the the big thing for for me. And even in the, in in the shootout, because that's when you can really see it. Like those two first shots when he saves them, like he barely moved. And that's when you can tell carry is on his game when he just makes it look so easy. It's like, you know, where are you going to shoot it? I'm, I'm everywhere kind of thing. And obviously, you know, he allowed the one goal that ended up being the only goal in the shootout, you know, it, it happens, but I mean, you can tell when he's, he, something clicks in him uh, and and that's what we've been seeing a lot lately. And that's, that's good news for him and, and good news for the Canadians.
1: And I also think that's the interesting part because if you remember Mark Bergevin's press conference, when he just like it was very refreshingly honest about the whole price proce- process, and and he just said like, well, you have to change something, right? And uh, Stefan has been here for eight years, and maybe maybe Carrie needs a new voice. Because obviously, it's not about who is maybe the better goaltending coach, because Stefan Waite has been doing that job for eight years. And he's done so well, because obviously, Carey Price has a heart trophy to his name and a Vezina trophy to his name. But just to getting a refreshing change of voice, like something someone else who tells you something else, and maybe tells you to work on something else, because they've seen it from the outside. They don't know about your personal relationship from before they they just have to go in there and see everything brand new and maybe that's exactly what carry needed at this point we'll we'll see uh, at least he's playing better now than he's done all season so um just having sean burke well via video link and, and marco marciano at, the, at this point I absolutely think it helps, and uh, then we'll see if it's a a long solution or a solution for the future, or if it's just here and now. But it doesn't really matter. The important thing is that Kerry is looking, he's looking, he's looking like he's feeling better, and therefore he's playing better as well.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny because you know, it, goalie coaches is, is always kind of a interesting thing because you're the it, it's it's like. When, when Wayne Gretzky was a coach, right, he wasn't the best coach, but he's the best player, right? So, mm-hmm. and then when you look at, at goalie coaching, right, Sean Burke was a good goalie, but but he was he never reached Carey Price's level. But here he is as the guy who's going to tell Carey Price what he has to do better. But sometimes it's about a, a fresh perspective, like you said. Like, you know, somebody watching Carey Price can probably, can you know, point out or watching anybody can point out something that someone's doing. And and saying hey maybe you should try this or or things like that and that's what makes good coaches good coaches despite what they can you know execute right because it's one thing mm-hmm. to know what you're supposed to be doing and it's another to to do it right and that's what separates you know the the, the coaches from the players or you know it's like what the the old saying those who can't do teach right yep. um, <laughs> but but it's kind of like that for coaching right it, it's where you know you it it's a different skill to teach somebody what to do than it is to actually do it and and sometimes you know it's not about the skill level it's about how you relate to to the people in front of you and and I think that's that's the thing obviously Stefan Wade is is a great goalie coach he's won a Stanley Cup he's you know he's done a lot of great things with Carey Price and sometimes it's just a a matter of you know what he needs a different voice and sometimes you just need to Mm -hmm. to bring in that new voice and a new perspective and uh maybe you know even if there's Saying the same thing but saying it in a different way that registers, yeah, or exactly, it's you know, or it's just one of those things that it's it, it makes sense. And I, I'm interested because the, the athletic had a this is not like a uh, promotion for the athletic, but they had an article the other day about uh, they talked to people who worked with Sean Burke in the past, and and it's just interesting to hear those perspectives and 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 it's they all say that you know he's going to do really well with Kerry because you know he doesn't feel like there's an unstoppable shot. And how many times do we see when, when Kerry Price is not playing well and, and people are like, Oh, well, you know, what is he supposed to do there? Right. Uh, it happens a lot of time, but, but Sean Burke apparently hates when people say that he's like, no, everything can be saved. Just adjust it. And, and I feel like that may be something that, that carry needs uh, a little bit at times. And uh, Marco Marciano has been working with, with the organization for, for a few years, for a long time. Uh, he was in the AHL before uh, I believe even Joel Bouchard took over. He he's kind of been around the organization and, you know, with the ice caps and, and bulldogs and, and things like that. And so it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens going forward. But yeah, I think that the building blocks are there and Hey, listen, it's a motivation, right? We talk about whenever a team fires a coach, right? There's that, that bounce that they get right after, right? Because these, cl- these players have skill, they have pride, and same thing with Carey Price. You you fire Stefan Waite and, and Claude Julien and Kirk Muller, and it's like okay, I got to play better now. <laughs> and, and I think that's part of it as well. It's just players have have pride, and, and that's going to be a, a driving force in any player uh, in yeah, the NHL. Also,
1: also obviously, like there are you you are the reason why someone else lost their job, and that is never a good feeling to have, no matter who you are so because because the players haven't played well enough then coaches start getting fired and yeah at this point it's just i think as well with with Carey price obviously he had he had a, uh, his hart trophy winning season and i'm just thinking like when you are someone like stefan Waits then how do you how do you elevate someone when you've already taught him all that made him the best goalie in the world. And I'm just wondering, like on on a on a bigger on a bigger, well, just just thinking bigger, if, if you've already reached the top, it's difficult to just stay there. Like when, when you have, you you basically have the same old methods, you you have to like, you have to reinvent yourself. That is like someone like Josep Guardiola, who has um, in, in soccer, he has coached Barcelona and Bayern Munich and Manchester City, what he teaches and what what he talks a lot about is the ability to reinvent yourself as a coach, right? You, you have to always keep learning. Because if you don't, you will soon be someone like Jose Mourinho, who's just been kind of doing the same thing for a long time. And all of a sudden, you're a dinosaur, and, and you're, you're not teaching the new things anymore. All of a sudden, you're just someone who used to be great, and you're not great anymore. Um, And I'm just wondering, like Sean Burke, for example, maybe he's a worse goalie coach than Stefan Waite, but at least he comes in with, as you say, a a fresh perspective, new ideas, and just the experience of, yeah, like he comes in and and he just looks at it differently and and he knows what has to be done now instead of knowing what had to be done, well, earlier. Or if you're looking at Stefan Waite, like someone who has been coached for eight years, I'm just guessing that something like that must become monotonous as well. You know exactly where you have your goalie and the goalie knows exactly where he has his coach and you have a personal relationship. And yeah, it can just get a bit tedious, I can imagine, on a Monday morning. So I just think a new voice is, is good for Kerry Price at this point and, and his play has um, has um, confirmed that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, a, a good example of that is just looking at, at coaches that win the Jack Adams trophy, right? Because you you... You know, it, it's it often often goes to a coach who surprises one year, and then within two or three years they're fired again. Uh, and it doesn't mean that they got worse as a coach, but you know, your message—if you have one way of motivating a team, and you use that in you know the, the the year you win the trophy, and then the other years you have to keep that that you know that pace up. And, and it just doesn't happen, you know. Even if you have a, a talented team, and I think you know, you know, the soccer is, is a good example of that because it, it's often Very often, the same teams that are very good, who spend the money, who are always good, but they go through coaches like like nothing. And, and yeah. uh, you know, a, a part of that is that okay, you, you know, we'll we'll fire this guy. We'll hire this guy. He'll, we'll have two good years, and then you know once the message starts getting stale, okay, we'll bring in a new guy to to motivate these players. And you know mm-hmm. the the saying is you know you can't you know trade twenty players, and and the same thing applies to to every sport, right? And so, one if you believe in your players, and the coach's message isn't going well, then you know instead of trading everybody, you just fire the coach and hope that the new guy can come in and, and do it. And it. It's unfortunate, but that's the business. You know, it's not easy to fire somebody. We don't want people to lose their jobs, but it's just the reality of the situation. Whether we talk about it or not, it's going to happen because that's the reality, and and that's what Mark Bergman has to look at and and things like that. So it's uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of it is is message communication. I think there's a bigger change between, say, Dominic Ducharme and Claude Julian and Sean Burke and 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 uh, Stefan Waite. but. At the same time, Burke is a guy who worked with a lot of goalies and, and improved a lot of goalies. Uh, I think he's he might be one of the the more known goalie coaches as well as as Wade. So It's going to be interesting to follow, but like we we mentioned, the, the steps are there for for Price definitely. And I I do want to I'll, I'll move on a bit. I we we want to talk about Price a little bit. and I think we've uh, exhausted all that we can say about carrying Price at this point. But uh, you know, it's one of the things that uh, struck me while watching the game on on Monday night was that both the TSN regional games uh, in in Montreal and, and Ottawa when they played the Oilers had uh, all women teams and as analysts on on the on the broadcast and it's something I I want to bring that up because uh, during the first intermission, Sammy Joe Small. Who was a Team Canada goaltender for many years, said that uh, one of the hardest things for a goaltender is is what when Jeff Petrie scored a one of those uh, quiet quiet shots. And her point was that you know when you you lose one of your senses as a goaltender, it's very hard to to time it. And so basically, goalies are trained to hear the shot and then react to it and look for it and things like that when you don't hear the shot going off you don't have that that trigger and and i think that it was very interesting because often we we see a lot of these shots right these slow wrist shots from the point and we're like how did that go in you know how did the goalie not see it yes there's traffic but you know and and i think that 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 was probably what that would have been one of the, the most direct Analyses of of goaltending that I've I've heard on a broadcast, and and uh, it it really struck me as, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I've I've
1: never thought about that before. So it's it's interesting to hear because I I've never thought about that from from as you say, like when you see those slow shots, you just think like, oh, well, you know, that was that was kind of a lame duck from the goaltender. But yeah, obviously, if you can't hear something, you you react slower to it.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those things that really really stuck out and. It's funny because you know I, I'm someone who's you know covered women's hockey for a long time and, and been around uh, some of the best to to play the game and when you talk to them a lot you you know that they know hockey like I, I've broadcast games with, with Carolyn Millette next to me and I'm still trying to figure out what happened and she had knew exactly what happened when it happened and without replays because uh, on the broadcast that we have we, there's no replays really uh, and so one, one of those things is is just you see how they process the game and they do it just as well as or even better than than some of the men who, who do that job so uh, uh, it's always fun for me to see these women get uh, opportunities to analyze and you see it on Sportsnet with uh, jen botterill Cam- uh, cassie campbell's being on a lot more panels than she used to be uh and and in, in hockey too, you used to see it with, with Tessa Bonham. She used to be the host for for TSM before she um, she went on uh, maternity leave. I think um, because she just had a, a baby not too long ago. So it's one of those things where it's it's you hear these insights, and I know that it's something that uh, they can do. And then you hear the other people, you know, talk about it, and that, that's something that it doesn't surprise me. But it's it's always nice to see them get that that opportunity. Oh, definitely
1: um i remember just last year it was the first time ever that uh well the swedish first division of soccer uh the Allsvenskan, had had um, an all-female um, commentator uh group and that was a big thing in sweden as well so it's just great to see that women are getting more opportunities in broadcasting because they they know what they're doing and um Let's face it. A lot of a lot of the guys who are on the broadcast are there mainly because they are guys, and maybe not because they were most uh, the most qualified for the job at the time. So, so it's just yeah, uh, it's just great to see that you can you can get opportunities no matter who you are.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of it. I mean, look at I think Gigi Marvin is is part of the Minnesota Wild broadcast. Kendall Coin Schofield is part of the. Uh, Chicago, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Sorry, uh, broadcast. She she's a coach for the Chicago Blackhawks, and mm-hmm. then you have Melody Dau, uh in French, who uh, is is uh, on TVA as an analyst. There's yeah, a she lot got, of
1: she got that job now, right?
0: Yeah, she, she, Yeah, she she got that job. They all they all got that job recently. Really, yeah, um, yeah. all of them. So, and, and you really see. I mean, Cami Granado is a scout for the Seattle Kraken, and all of these things. Um, you know, because if you look at generations, right? Cami Granado was part of that first generation of of women's hockey uh, royalty, right? She she's the first, one of the first two uh, women to be part of the Hockey Hall of Fame with Angela James. She's always been at the top of her sport. You know, if you ask, you know, Julie Chu uh, and and Hillary Knight, who like Kendall Coyne Schofield, who, who they looked up to as, as children, they're going to say Cami Granado. and and now. Uh, obviously there, you know, Hillary Knight played Montreal, Julie Chu played Montreal, and you know, Cam Granado played Montreal uh, when she was in university. Uh she she didn't have very many places to play, so she she came to Canada for um for a bit to to play uh, at Concordia. And it's it's one of those things where they are, are getting jobs in hockey and and Cassie Campbell was maybe like a little you know, a little younger than, than those two, and Cheryl Pounder is, is part of that generation and Every, every so often the, the players retire, they get put into broadcasting. I, I think we're not going to be done this cycle. I, I think that when, you know, Hillary Knight retires, when marie Fit retires, I think that they're going to be, they, they could be if they want to be in broadcast. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if marie Fit play is going to necessarily want to do it because uh, the the last thing she, she enjoys really is, is having a camera in her face all the time. But um you know Carolyn Willette can definitely do it if she wanted to. Uh, Julie Chu, you know th- these women are so smart and well spoken. You know, and the, especially the, the top level players, and, and you see it in hockey as well, right? I mean, the, there's a, there's a different cerebral kind of player. Mike Johnson, Ray Ferraro, those are examples of you know mm. not necessarily the the top players, but but they think the game a certain way, and yeah, the the the, the best women's players have to think that certain way too. Like it, it's it's funny because in, in men's hockey you would never think of like, Oh, Connor McDavid will play penalty kill or, you know, on the ice to hold a lead and stuff like that. You don't think of it like that, but Maggie, you playing is going to be on the ice uh, on a penalty kill. She's going to be on the ice to uh, in the final minute, Hillary Knight, same thing. And it's, it's funny how uh, women's hockey, you know, the best players are usually the ones that are on the ice at all times. Whereas you don't really have those offense first players, right. Necessarily. So it's always interesting to me, but it brings a mindset, right? Like, you know, Mike Johnson is a good analyst because he had to play that that smart person's role, right? But in yeah. women's hockey, I feel like the top level players all have to have that kind of mentality, and, and so that's why you're seeing so many of them go go into broadcast. And uh, I, I wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, these this generation, it's just going to snowball, right? Whether they get into coaching or whether they get into broadcasting or, or whether they, they do it on the woman's side. If, if things on the professional women's side get, get better, you know, you see uh, AJ Malesko and in, in NBC, uh, she was part of the 98 Olympic team. There, there's Jen Baudrill uh, who I mentioned before as well, all these players as they retire, they're, they're getting into the um, the, the media game and, and you're seeing players who are still playing, who are doing that now as well. So I, I think the opportunities that are going to be there for them and, and that, it's there if they're taking, if they want it. And that's, that's, that's that's going to be interesting because it's going to provide different perspectives. You know, yeah. it, it, we've been listening to pretty much the same color commentators in, in Canada and even to the U S to a certain extent for the last 15 years. <laughs> right. It seems like, right. Like it, it's, it's just the same people all the time and that's nothing against them. It's just fresh perspectives are, are, are fun. And um, I, I think that, you know, the more that we get used to, to women, Calling games is is better, and then other women see them and they want to get into it and, and broadcast games. And I think that it's, it's a vicious cycle, and, and them getting these opportunities is a, is a good is a good first step because they have the insight. That's the most important thing, right? They're not they're not yeah, that it's there because course. they're women. You know, if they if they didn't have the goods to to analyze games, they they would be called out in a second. <laughs> the, the, the reason that they're there is because they're 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 good at what they do, and and that's that's the important thing. They're, it's it's one thing to hire women to be diverse it's another to hire women because they deserve to be there and it takes one to do the other but uh all, all the women who are doing that job is, are doing it because they're they're good at, their, uh, at what they do
1: yeah i was gonna say as well uh we had a we had a big uh big situation in the nfl uh, last well this autumn as well when when it was the first game ever where there was a female coach on both teams it was the washington football team against the cleveland browns and uh uh jennifer king was uh, is on ron rivera's coaching staff in washington and kelly brownson is on the uh, well she's the chief of staff on um on uh, brown the browns team and then there was a female official as well um and uh so it was just, uh yeah, Sarah Thomas, who was the uh, female official there. So it was the first game ever where there was a female official and a female coach on both both teams. And as I'm a Browns fan as well, I, Kelly Brownson had to step in as the tight end coach, tight ends coach for a game when the tight ends coach of the Browns had to, um, well, it was, a. Uh, I think it was on, um, uh, it was something with uh, a newborn baby or something. But anyway, it was just... just great to see these women getting uh getting an opportunity and just thriving in it. Callie Brownson did a great job calling uh well just taking care of the tight ends and um yeah it's just if you if you look at sports in general, especially with the eighth of March being uh yesterday, um it's just great to see that more people and that we get more diverse automatically because there's so much potential in so many people out there, no matter who you are, or where you come from.
0: And, and that, that's a good point because, you know, football is a sport, and even baseball, where women, we don't see women playing it even, really. No. Right? Women's football is not really a thing. It, it, it's a thing, but it's not like a mainstream thing where, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you know as as far down the the, the path as, as women's hockey is, you still know who Magnificent Poulin is, who Hillary Knight is. You know the top players. You know, I couldn't, and this is unfortunate on my part, I couldn't name you a, a women's uh, football player. You know yeah. and that's it's so just to, to get into those sports where playing pedigree is so important and even hockey is like that even even more so um, is, is interesting but yeah it, it, these opportunities are there for women who are fans you know like even you know writer you know being reporters and, and writers and things like that like you don't have to have played in the at the highest level to do these jobs and um, I, I think it's it's slowly slowly changing but at least it's there is some some hope on on the horizon and uh yeah it's it is important to talk about with you know international women's day but but really every day it's a battle you know you see the the treatment that women get on on social media just for reporting about hockey or writing about hockey or even tweeting about hockey it's not even the the reporters who are getting paid to do it who are who are getting uh you know harassment and and things like that from from people just for for talking about hockey and it's we really have to think about what we want sports to be and yeah. and and, and you know, society in and general. society in general obviously yes exactly yeah. but sports is a part of that society it's not, yeah, it's not a sports course. problem it's no. not just a sports problem right you know we look in politics and women in politics have the same the same issues you know so yeah, yeah. it's definitely not a a, a sports issue we're, we're just a, a sports podcast that's where we, we kind of come in to, to talk of about course. it but yeah. but i i do think that it's it's something that, that society has to look at themselves and be like, what do we want to be like? Right. And and there's a lot of men, um, I'm not gonna say most men, but a lot of men who see sports as like their spot, right? And and they don't want women in it. It's a, you know, like a extension of like the treehouse of, mm. you know, no no girls allowed, right? When at, at the same time, you know, there's a lot of women who wanna be in sports. And and I think that them getting the opportunity and being able to be treated like with respect is, is super important. And uh, it's something obviously, like I said, you know, women's, women's hockey, it's weird for me to say as a man, but women's hockey is has done a lot for me Um, just in terms of uh, opening my eyes to, to the, the issues of, um, of the sport and giving me something that I, I made me look at hockey differently. You know, I, I started covering women's hockey in the, 2004 lockout that that's when I started and it gave me a mindset and an attitude that uh, I, I wouldn't have had otherwise. And and I think that it it's, it's kind of set the path for me as, as a, as a hockey writer uh, even today. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, sportsnet before the game on, on Saturday, they had Cassie Campbell do that, that video montage. And it, it made me uh, realize how, how big this is and yeah it's something that's really close to to me and and i so many of uh, great people i've met i've met because of women's hockey you know the goal is that women can be professionals full-time professionals in their sport and right now that's just not possible and and i think that that's something that that will change eventually but um it's it's still hard to get there right now and it's i'm glad that we're seeing women on tv talking about hockey uh you know, because at least that that provides a glimpse into you know we're seeing women's hockey on TV. You know, last couple of weekends the PWHPA has been on Sportsnet and NBC and NHL Network, and and that's great to see. And um, yeah, it's it's a long road ahead, but it's good that it's changing. And and the NHL can be a part of that as well. And they have been with with the the way that they're having more women on their broadcast. It's it's not where it needs to be yet, but but it's it's I'm glad it's changing and thank you for for indulging me in that uh in this in this off-topic uh unprepared uh uh tangent that we went on but uh, anton thank you for joining me thank you for listening Uh, and uh we'll see you next time on house of Wonder.